So fuck yes, welcome back to the Hype of Me, your host as always, Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Jonathan Hardesty. Hi! I'll wait for uh, the other one to get done chewing, who was not prepared. Chewy Darso. Hello! <laughs> uh, Ryan, it can't be here today. What happened? He relapsed into Pokemon Go. Oh. Yep, got caught in another Pokeball. I almost did that once. Yeah. People are still doing that? Uh, <laughs> Ryan uh, is. Yes. I'm not even sure if Ryan is. I'm just saying that he is for the sake of the podcast, and I think it's working out great. Hmm. They're adding quests. Uh, special guest today, first time ever, we have Jennifer Garnett Philo, who we refer to only as Garnett throughout the rest of the episode, because that's what she usually goes by. <laughs> Hello. Uh, and Elvis Kunish is back. Howdy. I'm sorry. Elvis Von Kunish is that, what you asked me. That about. also works. <laughs> Von. I like the Von. It's nice. It makes uh, my last name a little classier. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Just always implies a villain. Exactly. Yeah. Like you could have a monocle with Von Kunish. Yep. Yeah. And in uh, fact, you do, as far as our audience is concerned. Unless yes. they watch our breakdown, in which he doesn't. Well, this, well After Effects one. I just learned After Effects, so yeah, he will. <laughs> I'd be great if this tracking, like, one frame behind him. <laughs> I don't even animate it. It's just like, you turn your head and it stays in one spot. That'd be perfect. Do yeah. that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we'll do a quick plug second. We'll do a quick plugs section. There are the words I want to say. Uh, Jennifer, where can people find you online? Sorry, Garnet, where can people find you online? <laughs> um, you can find me on probably Instagram is the best at Garnet Philo. Um, also on Facebook, Jennifer Garnet Philo, costume designer, things like that. Um, Twitter at Garnet Philo. Pretty much Garnet Philo all across the board. <laughs> that works. Elvis, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Elvis Kunish and uh, Splot Studios for video stuff. And of course, listen to the Tom Hanks Giving podcast every Tuesday. We talk about a new Tom Hanks movie. You can find that on iTunes or at TomHanksGiving.com. Are you going to do a whole episode on uh, David S. Pumpkins at some point? We already did. Oh, you did? <laughs> it was oh. a mini episode, but yeah, okay. it, was, it was great. He's he's perverted our most recent episodes because the movies we talked about weren't that great. <laughs> See, Inferno, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it was most recent, but I think that answers that. Yes. <laughs> Wasn't any good? It was better than Sully. <laughs> wow, people really seem to like Sully. I was surprised. I came home and you just bitched about it on the podcast for about an hour. So I haven't liked a Clint Eastwood movie in a long time, so I, I wasn't rushing out to see it. But it. It definitely feels like a Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah, that's kind of what it looked like. Yeah. Shot the same, looks the same. Inferno at least is, like, dumb, but kind of knows it. It looks like he got a better haircut in that movie, at least. Well, yeah, he, he hey, did the that. Vinci Code hair was classy. No. Yeah. It was no. memorable. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very professional. I wouldn't say it was better than uh, the Hogwild weird movie that was Angels and Demons, though. I love that movie. It's so bad and good. <laughs> like, I haven't seen any of these. That's the you one should see. You should you see it. Should see see demons. It is pure trash. Yeah. Like, in the <laughs> best way. It's garbage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know I'm just reading the books. Like, it's just... Oh, the books are great for, like, a beach day. Because mm-hmm. you'll finish them the whole thing in one sit. And then you'll, like, what happened in my day. Yeah. It's perfect. Uh, anyhow, you can find us on Facebook at After the Hype. You can find us on Twitter, ATH underscore podcast. Everywhere else online at ATH podcast. And you can email us at athpodcast at gmail.com. And coming soon, very soon, I just bought the address and we've been building it, athpod.com, which is where you'll find everything related to our podcast. We will no longer be on row three and all that sort of stuff, but that's coming soon. We will keep you updated as that comes about and as John continues building the site for all of us. And we all sit back and go, 
hey, can you fix this one thing here? And <laughs> is the CS? It should move that frame over to the right. Yeah. Move it over to the left again. We no, appreciate and value your contributions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so we will get started with where have you been doing? Uh, Garnet, do you want to go first? Well, actually, um, I guess the thing that I'll say is that I have a movie that will be on TV soon. Ooh, <laughs> wow. That's my, uh, I guess, my day job. I work as a costume designer, and you can watch a movie called Broadcasting Christmas on the Hallmark Channel oh. <laughs> on November 23rd with Mr. Dean Kane and Melissa Joan Hart. Broadcasting? Dean Kane and the Witch. What was the title? Broadcasting Christmas. Okay. Yes. But, eh. Is it's it? Fun. <laughs> it's cute. It's say, really cute. Say, is it good? It's I do cute. love Dean Cain and Melissa Joan Hart was uh, was that Teenage Witch. Thank you. That's yes. Was she, she also Clarissa? Teenage Witch. Yes, she was. That's, okay, that's what I know. That's her. Yeah, teenage Witch. I didn't, I didn't watch, watch that Nintendo. Shit. The Teenage Nintendo. Nintendo. <laughs> Nickelodeon. She's a Mario. <laughs> <laughs> so I've never seen that. She was a joy to work with. She yeah. was lovely. I mean, I, I liked her in Clarissa. She looks exactly the same. Good for her. That's mm-hmm. tough to do, mm-hmm. especially in Hollywood. <laughs> well, uh, she lives in Connecticut. Oh, that'll do it. Uh, <laughs> keeps her sane. All yes. the problems. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Elvis, what about you? Where have you been up to? Uh, well, this might date it, but uh, I did Universal Halloween Horror Nights this Ooh. Monday. It was awesome. So you did Halloween Horror Nights on Halloween? On Halloween. Nice. It was prime Halloween. So I technically saw Freddy vs. Jason that How night, American Horror Story. How was that? It was perfect because it was, I think it was because it was a Monday. Nobody was there. So we yeah. got there at like 7 and finished everything by 1030. We went to everything. Even Jurassic Park in the dark. Huh. That sounds that pretty awesome. It's awesome. I did, was, the, did the uh, ride break on you like it did uh, nothing, Camille Nanjiani? Nothing broke down. It was perfect. <laughs> However bad that was for Camille, that was great for the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very funny for the rest of us as he was stuck <laughs> on Jurassic Park ride. <laughs> it is kind of a janky ride. I mean, it's old. Yeah. It, it, like, I, I remember when it came out and there was like a, a news thing in my local hometown of like, you need to go to Hollywood to ride this water ride. <laughs> it's like, I don't think I do. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's like everything that you can see the animatronics coming from a mile away, but doing it in the dark actually like, oh, I don't notice that the giant T-Rex is right in front of me oh, yeah. <laughs> right before it goes off. So that was nice. John, what about you? Uh, I haven't had a lot of time to do a lot of stuff, so I've been playing a little bit of games. Uh, totaled about under an hour for both. Uh, I got Stardew Valley. It's like Animal Crossing, but pixels and indie developer. I think it's one guy. And basically, you're, you're, you get this plot that your grandfather left you, and you farm it, and you meet the other vill- people in the, the town nearby, and you form relationships, you buy, sell, and it's kind of like just an ongoing life thing. Um, I'm only like 10 minutes into it, so it's fun <laughs> i haven't gotten enough to get an opinion on it and then i've also been doing uh elder scrolls online again they just made a, their big update for uh you can play a- everywhere like it used to be areas on the map would be um level capped so areas near skyrim would be like level 42 and like oh i can't go there i tried it was terrible for me but then they've just unlocked it to where everything scales to you mm-hmm. so you can explore anywhere and do you can take your own story path however you want and then people who play with you regardless of level you guys can play the same things and everything kind of scales to you your group or whoever you're playing with so everyone can play together no matter what now is it cool or is it a a last ditch effort like a uh 
Oh, as like, like hey, love me, because now you can do everything. Yeah. It's always, it's never going to surpass like WoW. You know, WoW is going to be the the big one, and with their Legion, they're back to form, and everyone's talking about them. So it is very much kind of a look at us. We're still doing it, but the gameplay is solid, and uh, a lot of the bugs are fixed, and to be able mm. to play with other people, regardless of how far into the game, and not have to make a new character every time just to ha- play with someone who's new to it, it's pretty nice. Okay. but I'm about an hour into it. Of, of that stuff. So it's fine so far. I'll know more later. <laughs> uh, Chewie, what about you? Um, I've been very busy with work, so haven't been able to explore too many things. I did recently rewatch Silent... Not Silent. Sleepy Hollow. Ooh. <laughs> I was just in the town of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. <laughs> Is it fun? It's a full-on Sleepy Hollow, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Like, they like witches everywhere. Well, the guy who wrote the... Washington Irving is buried there. Mm. Wow. It's very, they're very obsessed. Nice. But uh, so after revisiting Sleepy Hollow, I'm just like, I miss this Tim Burton so bad. Yeah. It was <sighs> the, really kind of the end of him. The too. kind of mm-hmm. subdued, but still very Tim Burton and mm-hmm. just like. It's a gorgeous I, film. I don't know how to just, just like watching that and then thinking about. I'm failing here. The vampire one. Oh, um, Dark Shadows. Dark, dark shadows. shadows. I'm just like, what happened? You went from like dark, spooky, melodramatic, and just like kind of gritty, and then you went into just full kooky. <laughs> oh, well, those Alice in Wonderland movies. Yeah. Like, why did you full go, like, why did he go full kooky? I don't know. I, mean, I miss, I still love you, Tim Burton. You ever hear I this, just like that but... explanation of he's full kooky. I don't know. This this feels like the best way to describe it. Would you say he like still parody of himself? Has the style, huh? Would you say like parody of himself? Kind of like I, I see that term for certain people. Like they're doing their own style, but they're kind of parodying their own style because they can. In their no, own. I mean I didn't see the newest one. Yeah, the, we meant to. It's never got around to it. The, Which one? What? Big um, uh, Miss Paragon. Oh, uh, yeah. The I, peculiar children. Oh I saw all the wardrobe decent. prep for that. Yeah, they were prepping it at um, Western. It was. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody saw it. No, nope. I read the book. The book was really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Uh, Tim Burton should have done what Tarantino says he's doing. He's going to retire. So that's that's dumb. I agree. <laughs> what, Spielberg is making terrible movies now. So is Frank Miller. Everyone we look up Frank to Miller is... Make good yeah, movies. Frank Miller was never not Frank really Miller. known for me. <laughs> Sorry, George Miller. Oh. Yeah, so, so, no. so Frank Miller only directed one movie. Yeah, that's a good point. And it was fucking horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but in the best way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I always Tim hope... Jackson melts a cat. I mean, I'm one of those on. people that just keeps having faith. So, like, I, I stayed through every season of Heroes. I even watched <laughs> Heroes Reborn. And I'm like, there's still good stuff here, guys. There's good in you. I, I feel it. So, <laughs> it's always good like better. <laughs> so that's kind of how I feel about Tim Burton. I'm like, I, I still believe in you. Mm. I don't. <laughs> oh. uh, so I will go really quick. I saw Hacksaw Ridge last night. Ah. The latest Mel Gibson joint. Uh, and I won't go too much into it because I, I really get tempted to spoil it because I like doing that. Um, but it was... I will say it's great, as most of his movies are. If you like Mel Gibson's directorial efforts before, you're probably going to like this one. The acting is great. Uh, and the first major assault on Hacksaw Ridge is one of the most like violent and insanely hard-to-watch war scenes I've ever watched. Like It makes oh. Saving Private Ryan look like a nice walk through Central Park. 
With Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's just, it is hard to watch. Like it is just brutal. Like they say a few times in the movie, they want it to look like like the, it's the hellfire of battle, and they really make it look like hellfire, and it's crazy and insane. Wow. But it's a uh, it's an incredibly well made movie. I think people should see it, and I don't think a lot of people will. And I think a lot of people will be turned off by the Christian elements of it, which I get. It's not for everyone, but I think ultimately it's a really good movie and does a good job telling that guy's story. Okay, so we should get started with today's movie, The Nice Guys. It's nice. <laughs> it, it is, it's a nice film. It's very it's nice. A, yeah, it's just a nice movie with nice guys. And yeah. the funny thing is, they're not really that nice. They just happen to be doing the right thing. Oh, no, they're total assholes. <laughs> yeah, they're sons of bitches, but in the best way possible. Uh, they're so bobs. This, yeah, they are bobs. For a joke that came out before we started recording. Uh, <laughs> so, this movie came out earlier this year. It cost N slash A, uh, according to Box Office Mojo, which means that it cost a lot more than what it made, usually. Uh, it did not get a foreign release, which is why it made fucking oh. dog shit for money. I did. Mm. That's such Yikes. a strange choice. So, it ended up making $36 million. How much did it cost again? They won't tell you. More than that. More than well, 36, yeah. I'd guess. I wouldn't guess much a, more than 36. I'd probably I guess somewhere around more. there. What were people seeing during this time? I don't know. Nobody went to see this in the movie. Nobody it's went to go see this. Did, you, so did everybody surprising. here see it in the theater? I did, yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay, I did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was one but of those movies I where everyone I know it. who saw it really liked I had one friend who said it was too much like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but other than that, everyone else really seemed to enjoy it. Um... I mean, it was kind of similar in the way that it's com- two guys. Complaint. It's too much like the uh, amazing flavor of ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I don't know. This chocolate ice cream is too much like that other chocolate ice cream. What? Fuck did, you. Did this come the spring after Inherent Vice? Like, Inherent Vice was in December, right? Or was this a I, I honestly don't remember. Wasn't I tried to block more that than piece a year of ago? shit out of I my mind. I forgot now. I think it's been a while. I, then again, this is 2014. Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. In yeah. my brain, I always keep a social media. Like, Inherent Vice is the 70s, and I'm like, what were you doing there? And this is the seventies of I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Herod Feist was a fucking pile of shit. And it um, wasn't a yeah. dumpster fire of a movie, if you will. Um, Brian's opinion is very strong. Very strong on <laughs> the movie. I was very excited for it, and I was I felt offended at how bad it was. How you were you excited for this movie? I was not very excited for this movie. How come? I was. I, excited. I watched the trailer I think too many times, and I'm like, you know what? I'm sure all the funny parts in the trailer. How you doing, John? We're good. John is double thumbs up. I think we're good to go. It is time for the breakdown, 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 breakdown. Coming to you this week from Elvis Kunish. Hi. I'm sure Elvis is very excited. So I'm pulling up a timer on my is phone. Is it 60 or 30? You get 30, which I know for this movie is actually not a lot of time. A lot of them we do like 30 seconds and it's like, yeah, I could do this in like 10. This one, there's actually quite a bit that goes on. I'm going to boil it down to its basic uh, elements, I guess. <laughs> All right. Uh, you ready? I think so. Go, 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 go! A porn star dies under mysterious circumstances. We follow an enforcer and a private eye as they're searching for this missing girl, Amelia. Uh, they work separately, but then they come together. And with the help of his uh, plucky young daughter, uh, they uncover this nefarious plot to kind of condemn the auto industry through means of a porno film. And then uh, the girl they're looking for gets killed, as do a lot of other people. But they find the film. And, Time's up. Oh. Uh, hmm. It's Christmas and the bees are dying. 
The birds. I, I, no, the bees. The bees are dying. No, the They're killer afraid bees. of the bird. Oh, Either that. way, the important thing is that Elvis failed. <laughs> mm. Or did he? He was right there at the end. He's getting close. Mm-hmm. So close. I'll take a... John, what do you think? Just shout it out. Uh, I find it acceptable. Acceptable. Okay, that means Elvis, you get a free shot acceptable. at me. Acceptable. You get to make fun of me. You get one insult. Just one? Just one. I don't know. I like you, Brian. I love this. Every week I get a, ah, you're fine. Just don't insult his beard or his hat because of what everyone does. Yeah, That's so easy. Yeah, I know. Also, have you seen him without those? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Ah. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I'm hurt a little inside, but it was good. Hey, no, you're not. <laughs> All right. So we should get started uh, actually talking about this movie. Uh, I think we're going to get started with kind of, we kind of touched a little bit with how much it made. I want to talk a little bit about the actual hype of this movie, kind of where people were coming to it from. Um, was there any? That's kind of what I, yeah. I, it, the there's hype almost was the no. cast. No, the I, hype, think... I don't know if the hype was a cast. I think it was more Shane Black. Yeah, I agree. It's like, oh, Shane Black's doing another movie. Cool. I'll see it. That's all I needed. But like, apparently a lot of other people needed a lot more. Mm-hmm. And this is so weird because like, this has reportedly been like, a bad year for movies. I've had yeah. a great time at the movies myself. But, yeah. like, if this was so bad, why didn't people go see this? This is a great film. It's kind of like uh, Max Landis has famously been screaming, not that he ever stops that, but yeah. uh, he's been bitching about, like, he made American Ultra earlier, and he's like, you guys ask for original movies, I give you an original movie, and nobody goes and sees it. Mm-hmm. And granted, this movie is significantly better than American Ultra. I think American Ultra is fine. I think this is one of the best of the year, though. Yeah. And it's like, I, I kind of agree with them. People demand original things. They get it, and they're like, no, I got to wait for Doctor Strange. I can't spend my money this weekend. Yeah. Like, that's the same feeling I get. Those are months apart, though. Come on, guys. I've, I've had numerous arguments with people saying that they hate franchises and they can't believe this is the way the film industry is going. And then I'll be like, well, did you see this? Well, I no. also wonder, too. Did, if, a lot of posers. If, if some of yeah. it isn't, too, that, like, we have kind of a gluttony of, like, just like of movie theaters, we can go see all these movies that come out, and maybe in the Midwest, nice guys never. But these up. are people that live near us. These yeah. are my coworkers. These are people that say that they love cinema, but then they're not going to original movies. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes that that can be blamed down to like advertising for a movie like this. How do you market a movie like this? How do you show off a movie like this without giving away every joke, every everything? Because I feel like. Obviously, the penis gambit did not work. <laughs> yeah. I I feel like I'm the only one that really noticed that. You were. I had, well, I noticed it because every day clarify. I have to drive by Warner Brothers, and there was a huge poster for this if at Warner anyone, Brothers. Yeah, so if like anyone's fo- seen the poster for this movie, Ryan Gosling has a certain amount of shading in his crotchal region He that dresses highlights. to the left, to say the least. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> it's just a more comfortable side. <laughs> And it definitely got my attention and increased my hype for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I kind of what Garnet was saying, I, I kind of agree. It's a tough movie to market without spoiling pretty much everything in it. Mm-hmm. However, if you watch the trailer, I think they do a really good job. Yeah, there's not a whole lot that they give away. In they fact, spoil I think, jokes, but no story. I mm-hmm. think the trailer w- was almost underwhelming. That's maybe why I like the movie even more going in. Yeah. It's like, it looks fun, but you know, I wasn't super into it. Uh and I think so this is like one of the few times where the scene is cut better in the movie than the trailer. Yeah. And usually that's the opposite. Well, that's kind of like what I was, I was going to say. Like, Yeah, they give away some of the jokes, but the, the pacing and the timing of the jokes is completely different in the mm-hmm. movie than it is in the trailer. And it, I think they play better. The trailer makes it seem much more standard comedy, but 
almost Shane Black slapsticky. Is, like, yeah, yeah. He's so good at making that realistic, awkward, just unfettered, like what how I'm talking right now. It just feels yeah. so authentic. <laughs> Well, like for me, the prime example, at least with the marketing, like uh, the trailer has always shows every single one of them has like them. Uh, they get to like the floor where they're trying to find Amelia, and they stick their heads out the elevator. And there's a dude with a slit throat, <laughs> and they stand back in it. And the window breaks, and the guy comes flying out yeah. of it. And in the trailer is just bam, 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 bam. And it's like, okay, wow, this movie looks insane. And then in the movie, each one of those things gets their own like beat, and it's like, oh, that's bad. And then they turn, and then another guy's getting shot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's also bad. I think we're gonna get back in the elevator. They get back in the elevator, starts going down, and then a guy comes flying behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really bad. And then we have we hang a moment on Ryan Gosling as he is twitching. Oh, yes. yes, he's just shaking. shaking. <laughs> the confidence and the timing in this movie is amazing. Oh, yeah, it's that's what sells so, it. It's so good. But it's yeah, the marketing almost had no chance to sell it properly. Mm-hmm. Like. But that's why I think they did a good job. Like that's why I'm still so confused that this movie did so poorly. Because I think the marketing did a great job selling a movie that people would want to see, and then when they went to see it, they'd get a better movie than yeah. what was in the marketing. Like it's kind of like the one-two punch that you expect to work for all movies, and for some reason, it didn't this time. I didn't go to see it in the theaters, and I definitely didn't go to see it because I didn't feel like the marketing was really like showing me a movie I wanted to see. Hmm. Like I felt like I saw a few little jokes here and there, and it looked kind of funny. But I was like, hmm, I probably really don't want to see this. And the only reason I ended up really like knowing a lot about it or seeing it is on my flight back. It was one of the movies available in my flight already. And yeah. my husband was like, oh, that movie's supposed to be funny. We should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, then it was. <laughs> and it's cute. And it's funny. And it's silly. But it, I think that it falls into that classic like area of movies that are hard to market. It's funny. It has a good cast. It's kind of got like a wacky setting kind of stuff. It's got extravagance of Los Angeles and like all that type of stuff. But for some reason, they can't sell this movie to people and people don't want to go and see it. Well, we're also almost being trained to not just go to the movies regularly anymore. We're mm-hmm. we're starting. We're kind of in this er- era where we're like we're watching event movies. Like if it's a big event and a big kind of explosive mainstream movie, we're gonna be more apt to go to those regardless of how good we think they are. Because it's like spending money. Okay, we're going to go out. We're going to take a trip. We're going to go spend all this money parking in some places and just this big deal. Whereas like for a smaller movie, and this movie feels small from the advertising, it's like, well, I'm not really going to spend $20 today on that. Yeah, I I see what you mean. But it's at the same time, like when you think of this movie just in realms of like, is it a big movie or is it kind of a smaller movie? It's kind of tough when you have the, the director of like Lethal Weapon or the writer of Lethal Weapon. Um director of Iron Man 3, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Ryan Gosling, Russell Crowe, like you it all this is big stuff yeah. in one movie. It's it's funny that people kind of think that it's kind of a smaller eh, movie when like everything in it is like big, it's like A-list quality, like through and through. I'd be interested to see the budget for sure cuz I know yeah. you tried to look it up and it's not listed. It I'd, might be on Wikipedia, but I I'd be put very so much interested to know because um like I can look at it from like wardrobe and the costume designer who was on it. I mean she did all the Matrix movies. Like, like it's a very well-known costume designer. It's mm. Kim Barrett. Barrett and, um, like, really well-known. So I'd be surprised. But I did see a lot of wardrobe recycling. So sometimes that's a sign of a lower budget. Oh, I, could see that. I just wonder, like, plot-wise, if that had some of the reasons that so many people didn't either go to it. Like, it didn't get the word-of-mouth thing. Because it's not that simple of a plot. It's got, like, th- three... Like, each... It's a very like a three-act structure yeah. 
is a three X structure to the film, and it's got a three X structure to the actual like conflict in the plot. Because you think it's just a these two guys are they investigate things, and there's this girl who they're trying to find, and then they find out that someone's trying to kill her, and then they find out well it's kind of her mom, and it's kind of the the car companies, and then the porn industry is involved, and that's one of the things I actually love about this movie so much is that the entire plot is so tied to the historical accuracy of the time. It does. It's not just the simple of someone slept with somebody or someone killed somebody. It's really has to do with the, the air crisis in LA. It has to do with the industry in Detroit and how at that time the car industry kind of did control America and to change how the car industry operated was a big deal back then. Mm -hmm. And then you even had the gas crisis back then as well. And it's just like they they touch on all of these subjects that if you don't know your history, Mm -hmm. then you don't know how relevant this is. And then you're just kind of like, well, who did what? Like, so <laughs> this movie's crazy accurate. It's so like I, this is one of the reasons that I love it is they really like he did it. Shane Black did his research. Yeah, he's good at that. Yeah, I thought it was done to like a crazy degree because even um, there's a pornography movement in Brazil called Porno Chanchada, which mm-hmm. is about putting poli- political messages into pornography, into softcore porn, and um, it was actually like in the 1970s because of the like authoritarian rule in Brazil, people who were avant-garde filmmakers were also making pornography, softcore porn, with famous celebrities of the time. Porn was huge in this time period. But also too, I mean, like this legitimately that they made porn with political messages because it was the only form of thing that wasn't being censored. So it's like, I was so surprised to see that in this movie that they were using that. And it's like such an obscure like note in history. <laughs> uh, really quick, uh, I did look it up. Uh, apparently, Box Office Mojo is sleeping on the job. Uh, it ended up making twenty-one million overseas. Ended at fifty-seven million overall on a fifty million dollar budget. Oh, okay. Thank you, Wikipedia. So it made its <laughs> initial budget back, but not its marketing. Well, they didn't spend too much on marketing. Yeah, obviously. Clearly. To <laughs> yeah. uh, so jump back to what you guys were saying, though, um, how this movie like ends up being about porn, and then. Uh, the smog thing and then also the auto industry. When you describe that to someone, it sounds like just a bunch of non sequiturs and you, without the context, it sounds like, oh, it's just like this weird pastiche of things. It's all the stuff that's happening. Which maybe what you were saying is like mm-hmm. why you're not grabbed by this movie because you know there's characters in it, but you don't know what the story is. And that's kind of the problem with Shane Black movies is while I like it, you can't sum it up very easily. No, it, it's tough to do. It's kind of like he sits you down and is like, I'm going to tell you a story. Just pay attention. And so it's like, there's this, there's this thing. A lot of people happening. don't uh, like the moment you say, no, pay attention. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like when I, I don't tell love me what to do. Sharing yeah. mo- <laughs> I love sharing movies with my brother because he doesn't really watch like more than what the base like stuff in theater. Your is. brother didn't like the raid. That's he what I was saying. To me. <laughs> but it's like, I didn't, I had never given him movies that required subtitles before. Because before, usually he always likes it when I give him something. Yeah. And then he's just like, oh, those those stupid action movies. And I'm like, what? The Raid is one of the greatest I just, I, That's why I blame it on. Like, like, he didn't want to pay attention. He didn't want to read. <laughs> uh. So I'm like, oh, but there were some of the greatest films to be... Oh, you just, you just stabbed me a little bit. <laughs> like, people just don't really want to pay that much attention a lot of the time. I think that's true. Yep. Um, 
But speaking of people who don't want to pay attention all the time, let's talk about Ryan Gosling in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the charming alcoholic. (laughs) Uh, My my favorite scene with Ryan Gosling throughout this entire movie is him asking what happened in the diner and then passing out of the diner. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great story. (laughs) It's the greatest story I've ever heard. (laughs) I've never heard, or I've never liked either of these two actors more than in this movie. Nope, not at all. (laughs) Agreed, agreed. Fat Russell Crowe is the best Russell (laughs) Crowe. Holy shit. Russell Crowe, he usually plays like the hothead or what, and he's mm-hmm. just, he's playing a reformed hothead. Is mm-hmm. what I, I get the feeling. Like he stopped drinking, he beat this other person up, got on the news, blah blah blah. Which is funny because he's yeah. th- like the movie ends like, oh, you're drinking again. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this the sign of better times? <laughs> it's for for Ryan Gosling's character. Yeah. Uh, he's got a drinking buddy. <laughs> now they can both be terrible at their jobs. They but have it, amazing chemistry. It oh was just so great yes. to see them playing the, the parts that they were playing because, honestly, Ryan Gosling usually plays the cool guy. Mm-hmm. And here he's playing the hot mess. Yeah, well, ha- like I said, Russell Crowe is playing the reformed hot mess who's trying to be like, all right, this is my job, but I really wish for more yeah. is what you get. For, cause, I mean, he's even trying to do better in his vocabulary every day. <laughs> like, like, he's trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the, one of the notes I did take, which wasn't a lot, uh, I was like, who thought Ryan Gosling would be so good at physical comedy? Right? <laughs> it's the good. whole movie. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's so good. It's like everything is just so expressive. Like that. I, I know it was in all the trailers, but like when he's getting his arm broken by Russell Crowe, just mm-hmm. says, no! No! <laughs> <laughs> like he just, he, I, I never thought I'd enjoy him so much in a movie. Yeah. Like, I, he's great in Drive, where it's a very mm-hmm. drama heavy role. But like I've never, I never saw Crazy Stupid but Love honestly, where he's charming. But like he's you could so see, good. You could see it in Drive though, because however, mm-hmm. like angry and subdued that movie was, one of the reasons that I've expressed that I love it so much is because half of that movie is just told on his face mm-hmm. without oh, yeah. him talking, and to be able to express that much emotion is great for slapstick. Yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. very true. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's and he does a very good job, like all of it, like from him, like uh, I love him hitting on the girl by just saying, "Hey, shoot me!" Ah, ah, and then he goes tumbling down. There. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and his delivery of just like mixing up all the words as the the drunk and the drugs hit. Oh, know? so good! That I, whole I'm Amelia. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, I'm Amelia. <laughs> so if you see me, you just let me know. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I, I was, it's one of those things where you watch somebody do something like this. It's like, oh wow, I, I love you now. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll marry you, Ryan Gosling. It's cool. <laughs> well, as long as we get to share. No. Hey. No! No! <laughs> no! <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought the, the physical comedy throughout the entire movie I thought was great, and it's an, entirely on him. Like, Russell Crowe doesn't really have any, which is fine. I mean, he didn't need to. You'd kinda, if they were both that way, I don't think it would work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he's the Will Turner of the, of yes. the bunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was really good. But the same thing with Russell Crowe. Like it's a. Uh, I remember back in the day of like Gladiator. I made a joke to my mom like I want to see Russell Crowe do a comedy, and she's like he'll never do a comedy. I was like I, I think he will at some point. He's really funny. He's yeah. really funny. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think he'd be able to play it so well. I think it's the weight, honestly. You think? It's I think just... it centers him, makes him more jolly. <laughs> he's got this gravitational pull. He's now I just want to hug him. <laughs> yeah. He's less intimidating. <laughs> And I think a lot of that actually comes through uh, Holly's character, too, because she sees him as such a potentially great guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that helps us. It's uh, her relationship with him is so interesting because she's like becomes a second father mm-hmm. and she me- they immediately gravitate towards each other. And he 
he starts to respect her opinion of him yeah. more than anybody else's. Like he wants to make sure that she views him positively. And it, that's a great character arc for him but through the movie when he kills the one dude and then she says at the end, if you do it again, I'm never going to speak to you again. Yeah. And you, the connection between them is like really like touching and odd at the same time you even see the seeds of it in his first like case where we meet his character where he's going after the dude who's like sleeping with little girls Mm -hmm. it's like there's like oh you're the big man isn't that what he calls Mm -hmm. she has him call him it's like that's the worst version of what this relationship could be yeah it wants to be the exact opposite it really makes me wonder like because his wife slept with his dad or we get the one flashback, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah and then, uh, so then you're like, maybe he's just, he really wanted to have kids. And then you just kind of accepted that he's never going to, or something like that. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of what it feels like. It's like yeah. the dad who never got to be a dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say in the same way she feels like, um, like, Oh, is this what my dad could be if he was responsible? Yeah. You know, which is why that ending is so like kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they, they, I, I don't view the ending as sad as you do. I think they're going to be a good duo. Oh, he was Just, pretty drunk there at the end. And this whole yeah. movie, he's like sober. Like, yeah. I don't drink. And at the end of the movie, he's like, well, being a private detective means that you fail at everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to drink my sadness away. That's kind of how I took it. Like, I could be wrong, but it felt very, very bitter at the end. I, it, I thought they were going to be good for each other. It's weird. The <laughs> first time I saw it, I remember feeling like, oh, it ends and they're going to, you know... Not a real sequel hook, but the essentially, like, oh, yeah. life goes on. They're going to be solving cases together. Mm-hmm. But what I was paying attention to is like, yeah, he's he's drinking now. And like, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it seems like a bad thing for him. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, yeah, I'm not super optimistic about these two guys. No. Yeah. And I think that might have something to say with the whole, like the plot of the movie ends poorly too. It's like status quo. What are you going to do? Nothing, yeah, right. nothing really gets better. That's mm-hmm. I think, none of it gets better. Like, the air quality in America did get better. Or in LA, in LA, <laughs> slightly better. <laughs> it took a while. As all of our lungs are turning blacker by the we day, we no longer have to deal with smog alerts. That's yeah. true. No, it's because we're always on smog. Yeah. <laughs> the smog is just lowered to it's just. Yeah. Our I hair never now. hear on yeah. the radio. Stay in after six. Yeah. <laughs> true. That means everything's okay. <laughs> good times, good times. We're just so far gone, nothing will help. <laughs> well, smog is not what we have to worry about in this country now, yeah. obviously. <laughs> so many other problems. Um, but yeah, I, I think the the problem was, the first time I saw the movie, I was like, yeah, it's really happy go Like you were saying. And then when I was, even my second time watching it, I was like, yeah, it's a good ending. And then I was watching it last night with Chewie, I'm like, man, this ending's super dark. Mm-hmm. Like, almost depressingly dark. Like... Whatever it just, it, I don't think it's that dark until you think like, oh yeah, Holly's also in that bar. Mm-hmm. Yep, but she's still gonna deal with all this yeah. shit. <laughs> uh. She's the young mother to them both. <laughs> Which I, I do think that they he Drives manages the to do. Uh, Shane Black famously does children really well. Yeah. They're never annoying, but they also don't get into that place where they're just, oh, I I'm writing a child as if they were an adult because she's petulant in a lot of places. Yeah. She's yeah. makes mistakes that a kid would make. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that authenticity, yeah, does just make she it. She has a head on her shoulders, but isn't like really snooty or snarky in a way that like, oh yeah, a third, like a 30, 40, 50 year old wrote that. Yeah. And it's not like she knows the solution to the problem. She's just yeah. willing to keep going. She has yeah. that optimism of youth. Yeah. And I feel like 
they're both beaten. That optimism is beaten out of both of our leads. Yeah, but yeah. especially by the end of the movie, it's yeah. just gone. That's why I love the ending. <laughs> I like that sort of thing. I don't. I don't dislike the ending. Yeah, yeah. I think it's perfect for yeah. the movie. It's just not a happy ending, which is fine. Not all movies need to have a happy. For ending. me, it is. <laughs> I think that ending was rough though, because like yeah. for me, the weird thing is, is it immediately pulled me out of the movie as soon as he comes around the corner to enter the bar. You're like, oh well, that's in Los Angeles right now. <laughs> those angel wings painted on the wall I'm pretty sure I have a photo in front of those everyone does like everyone else who lives in LA I don't think I, I don't caught have, that I where don't is that? that? So, um, you've seen this photo though right? you've seen these photos my husband's Facebook profile picture is this photo like so at the end of the movie when he goes to when um, Ryan Gosling goes to enter the bar mm-hmm. he walks past those painted angel wings that are all over Los Angeles Everybody gets a picture with Everyone them. Gets a it's picture the same in front brick of them. wall. You've seen it. It's, uh, there's like five yeah, or six yeah. of them around LA. And but, so as soon as that happened, I was like, okay. They didn't take it out of post. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you couldn't have fixed that one thing that they missed your that one thing. I was like, and it's so glaringly obvious to anyone who lives in LA. Oh, yeah. Not thankfully, me, not everyone lives in LA. Yeah. So for everyone else <laughs> in the world, it's a non problem. All the people who didn't see this movie. Yeah. It would have been great. <laughs> yeah, nope. I. Looking at your husband's thing right now, I know I don't. You've he never didn't notice that they walked. They? This is a great conversation for our listeners. Oh yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> our listener metrics are going to be just, just like for oh, yep, anyone LA. that knows. That and then Chewy I was never does invited not pay back. Attention to local things. That's how this. You should get the the photo for this. Is just all, all of us go there. And we get should it. all yeah. go and get our photo in front of it. Uh, the other thing I was going to ask, and I, I think this is kind of uh, important, is that. Um, when you look at movies, especially based in L.A., and specifically L.A., and then have anything to do with the film industry, mm-hmm. they famously do terrible. Uh, like, you look at the Coen Brothers movie, Hail Caesar, did awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, just most in, most movies in general, based in the film industry, do terrible. Now, granted, this one is kind of film industry, because it's porn, but it's, like, film industry it's adjacent. A, yeah. Um, do you guys think that had anything to do with this movie performing poorly? I think so. there's something so insular about this territory of storytelling that anytime you're like writers writing a story about writers writing or filmmaking in general i think it turns off most people i think it's great for the people who are into it like probably all of us yeah (laughs) but yeah it's so specific of a experience that it almost i think it almost comes down to like oh you think you're better than me again yeah, it's it's either that it's self or it's important. Like, it's that or it's like uh, not that I think this movie really does that. No, but I I've, I wonder if that's kind of like the idea of why people don't go to see it. Like they think it might be more that way. Like what movies are that are based in L.A. do really well? Like what the uh, Roland Emmerich ones, right? That, that's the only thing I think of. Yeah, like most movies, if, if it's superhero like a, movies don't pick, take place in L.A. No, Iron Man three did, but Shane Black. Yeah. <laughs> And also place at Christmas. No way. <laughs> <laughs> we got one Christmas scene in here. Yeah. <laughs> I was ever. But yeah, I, it's funny. Like movies that just basically take place in LA and showcase LA famously don't do that well. Even the Muppet movie. Yeah. And I wonder if That's it's... the Muppets movie great. Huh? I like both the Muppet movies. They're amazing. I thought they were good. Oh, I hate Muppets. Why? You just hate the Muppets? I hate Muppets. They're horrible, weird mop puppet sock things. I'm sorry. You can get out. <laughs> uh, but no, I like that. Uh, I, I like movies based in LA. I, I, and it's not just because I live here, because I, I don't famously enjoy living here. Just on an uh, objective level, there's a rich texture to LA that enhances 
any movie set here. Like, well, it actually feels different than yeah. a New York movie or yeah. a, a Chicago movie. Right. Uh, and I think this movie does a really good job of showcasing L.A., especially in L.A. that I did not ever see because it's way before I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of like seeing that 70s L.A. of like people getting used to the highways and traffic everywhere all the time. Felix the Cat. Felix the Felix Cat. cat. Yep. Jaws 2 Jaws billboard. 2 Amazing. <laughs> There's that one like one shot down the highway that just lingers a little long. I'm like, this is only lingering because you put so many things in it. There's mm-hmm. Jaws 2. I don't remember the rest of them. But I remember like pausing and going, yeah. wow, there's so much in this one shot. They added seconds. in the entire like landscape. Oh, yeah. The camera in this movie is gorgeous. Like the moving camera. Yep. Uh, the, they managed to make gross 70s LA look beautiful. Oh, yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah, it, it looks like... Because that was not a good time to live here at no. all. And, it, and they made it look really pretty and nice and... But also the same sort of dusty, hot grossness. But they did a good job making it look real. But I think that's one of the things this movie does in an interesting way is they take the sort of visuals <clears throat> of the 70s and they've turned it into something that's almost a fantasized version. Mm-hmm. It does Whereas, feel hyper. Yeah, because definitely looking at some of the scenes and you can say like, oh, well, that's kind of out of place or this is kind of out of place. And they kind of fudge a little bit with the time exactly Mm -hmm. and things are always a more idealized version than they probably were in truth even more than i would see in other movies the porn party was intense the porn party was was incredibly not accurate no like it was all over the place (laughs) costume wise which i know you wanted to talk about uh and but my i love when we get into that scene and how they bring in the music because Mm -hmm. the scene the uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes, they actually took footage from a real concert and spliced around it to make it them look like they were at this party. <laughs> it was so cool. That yeah. was probably like one of the best things. Like they just did that like, so well. <laughs> See, but before we move on to the, the that porn party scene, <laughs> the when you talk about the fantasized element of it, I think that's kind of necessary for the movie yeah. to work. It's intentional. Yeah, it, it's like if you don't have that sort of almost fantasy element, like hyper real you don't have a character who can fall off of buildings and down hills multiple times mm-hmm. and just be fine. He's invincible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> even he says it. He's like, I don't think I can die. <laughs> well, well, even movies I'm like... invincible. <laughs> I don't think I die. That's the only explanation. <laughs> well, even movies like uh, L.A. Confidential and Nightcrawler, like where they deal L.A., like they have to have a hyper-real kind of sense of it or it's just not... It's just not going to work as well. So right. I, I think if you put like natural LA on camera, it just wouldn't like this isn't right. Natural, it's supposed yeah. to feel LA exactly is way more boring than people want to admit it is. Natural it's LA is sprawling boring. suburbs and it's super boring. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> LA already feels like I, uh, to the rest of the world like a hyper stylized place. So mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's a necessary choice. One block yeah. at a time. Yeah. Yes. So anyhow, that porn party. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I want to hear all your opinions. Yeah. I, I, I wanted, the porn party, I think, would be the best place to ask about the costumes and that sort of stuff, because that's where you get them from fucking everywhere in time. Um, yeah. And if I can notice that, that's saying something, because I know jack shit about costumes. They're a disaster. Um, <laughs> uh, but I can tell you, that party looks like a lot of fun. Party looks like a lot of fun, but that party to me looks like a modern party where the theme was 70s. <laughs> Actually, Why, probably where the theme was late sixties. There? Like that one girl was dressed as Ariel. I was just like, "What?" The mermaid stuff was just so they could have that one line. You know that they wrote that line, and then someone was like, "What if we actually put mermaids?" Wait, which line? The... I had to go the... and do the mermaid or something. He's oh, like, yeah. uh, <laughs> "I had to question the mermaids. What were you doing while I was working?" I think is what he says to him. <laughs> he's like, "Why did you go in the pool?" And he's like, "I had to question the mermaids." <laughs> <laughs> 
The shot of him behind the bar swimming through That's the pool great. is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yes, it's great. But it also makes you wonder is, did he actually, were there actually mermaids or was he just high? I think he was high. Was he? We never saw him yeah, smoke. He was just I, drunk. But he comes in and uh, Russell Crowe's like, oh, it reeks of weed in here. He's like, oh, can't you yeah, smell it? And he's like, I can't smell anything. I never, so, I never got that he was smoking though. I just always kind of maybe contact high. That had to be some pretty intense. Weed. Yeah, in Russell Crowe never gets weed. that contact high. Yeah, he's arguably more inside the party too. Yeah. This is true, but that's I, what I, I, I actually, say super like drunk. there is potentially actually a loophole here is because one of my favorite details of the party is there's just that woman with the cigarette hair oh. hat, oh. and he grabs one. Could be a marijuana cigarette. Oh. There you know, laced with some LSD. There you yeah. go. Wow, we're just really fucking them up now. It's the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> there should have been just like bowls of coke hanging around everywhere. He openly hallucinates kind of already. Yeah, that's true. So that's like a sleep thing, though. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. But that's where I wonder: like, is that just supposed to be him hallucinating that there are mermaids? Because that is painfully so not appropriate for that movie, like this movie that it's like rips you out of that time period. Yeah, I wasn't ripped out. I wasn't ripped out at all. Because you just but, liked looking at the mermaid. I, I but yeah, can, the, how that would have worked in that house, in that landscape, I'm like, how would they have been able to build that? I'll tell you, the thing that did rip me out is when they got a shot of uh, Misty May or Misty Mountains, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. there was just like not an overwhelming bush yes. coming out. I was like, <laughs> That's not the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, they, they why didn't they get a. Oh, the word. Merkin. 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 <laughs> Should have had a great Merkin. It's like the word of 2016. I've heard the word Merkin more this year than any time else in my life. Really? Oh, what a year to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great year for the Merkin industry, guys. Invest. Uh, <laughs> it's up 16 points. <laughs> but I, I, honestly, the, the mermaid thing didn't pull me out, not just because it was naked women. I can find naked women whenever I want. I don't need them in the movies. Uh, it was really just kind of like, I think this the entire party was supposed to be just so entirely over the top that I was willing just to buy into anything they were doing. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, I, bleh. well, I mean, I buy it in a similar way that you'd buy like uh, pop songs in like A Knight's Tale. Like the anachronistic elements mm-hmm. seem yeah. to like add to the hyper real element and with, like it just makes it, it almost by comparison almost makes the hyper real LA feel normal. So then mm-hmm. you're suddenly on a context level. You feel like, oh, yeah, that's, this is normal L.A. And it's like, not really. It's kind of like Katniss going to the Capitol. Like, the porn industry in L.A. is the representation of that, while everyone else is the normal folk who think that they're odd. Mm-hmm. But I just I was really wondering, was this supposed to be a costume party, or was everyone just going all out? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> I feel like it was just a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're wrong, but I still think that it was intentional. Like, I think it's just all over the place and crazy, but I think that was the point. I think they wanted it to look almost dreamlike. Like, they spent all of the money making mm-hmm. this one party look as insane as possible. Yeah. yeah, and the party looks great. The thing that I think is the thing that's tough with it is that you still could have done it and have it be like period accurate I guess is kind of what I'm yeah. saying because um, there were a lot of things where you were like oh well for picking 77 77 almost into a lot of 80s fashions you could have played up a lot of the sexier 80s style stuff instead of looking so far back to like 60s era stuff okay yeah like the body painted girl that was yeah. a bench or something when you yes. pulled a drink off. Like that to me, I remember thinking, mm-hmm. that's 60s. And like the dancing girl with like all the like body paint as well. If you wanted to go down the route of body paint, just say you're going to go down that route, you yeah. know. But it's like, 
Um, I felt like a lot of the costumes were put in so that Ryan Gosling could make jokes with them and stuff like that, like a lot of the specifics. I don't think you're necessarily wrong, but I could also see somebody like Shane Black, like Shane Black being told that exact thing from his costume designer, whoever, mm-hmm. like, this is how it works, like, yeah, but it makes the movie better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah. Like, yeah. and I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from, and it makes sense, but I, I get... I also get the opposite side of like, well, I want to make the best movie possible. And if this one scene is historically inaccurate, so be it. Yeah. This is true. Was costumes yeah. more accurate the rest of the movie with outside the party? Or? Costumes are very interesting in this movie because um, they're very committed to color palettes for these characters. Russell Crowe does not go outside his color palette. He wears that jacket the whole time. He I wears don't... three colors. Yeah. He Baby wears, blue. Yeah. <laughs> he wears blue, blue, and black. Oh. <laughs> and but similarly too i mean on ryan gosling they recycle that blue suit he wears that like bright blue suit that's in the poster he wears it twice mm-hmm. which it's is weird not... i associate this movie with the color orange but i think because of the poster and the title though yeah mm-hmm. just the 70s you always think orange yeah orange think, and mustard yellow i think yeah. orange is a hard color to sell to audiences though like Orange and blue is classic. If you, yeah, but usually the blue overpowers the orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just straight orange, it's like, eh, it's too citrusy. I don't want to watch this movie. <laughs> I think that's also, too, why they committed for Ryan Gosling that bright blue, mm-hmm. marine blue suit, because that's such a stark contrast against the orange. But they love those ugly brown ties for him, <laughs> which were rough. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of liked the, the contrast of it, I guess, for my, myself personally. I liked the blue with the drastically different tie mm-hmm. it made him look kind of cartoony and i find yeah. found that charming i like, thought he's it was the brady, most like charming drunk suit. i've seen he certainly does not really address himself <laughs> no but i think that's that's awesome yeah I even, exactly i even love it when he goes to get his new suit after they get paid off by the government and he's showing it to russell crowe be like do you like it it's like it's purple <laughs> it's maroon <That's> He's Would so you like, like come on, oh, I'll never it. see you wear that in this movie because it's outside your color palette. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we recycled the blue suit. <laughs> I just assume he never wore it because he was insulted by Russell Crowe. Mm-hmm. No, it's because they wanted at the end for him to wear the blue suit that they used for the that poster because it looked the best on him. Yeah. Makes sense. It looks good. And the one article of clothing I was surprised we didn't see more of, which is actually pretty funny, is a ringer tee. I don't even know what that is. So mm-hmm. it's usually like a solid colored T-shirt. And the neckline and around the sleeves is like a color. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's called a ringer tee. And so, it's super popular in that period in time. And only one person wears one. Was it Chet? Pro- yep. It was a projectionist. Yeah. Damn it, Chet. Projectionalist. Projectionalist. But I was surprised like the daughter never wore one. She wears overalls. Those look really cute with overalls. I was surprised she didn't wear one. We didn't really talk much about the daughter. But I thought, she, I mean, we kind of mentioned, but I thought she did a really good job. I yeah. She did a really good job handling a Shane Black script, which is tough to do. Well, she definitely, I thought she epitomized the the young girl that had to grow up too soon. Yeah. Like with her mom being dead, her dad being a mess, and she kind of has to be the adult in a lot of situations. But she didn't play it like, uh, it's going to sound really mean, probably because it is, uh, but she didn't play it like Dakota Fanning, where she's an asshole. Like yeah. you look at like Dakota Fanning and like those older movies where she was super. She little, was the, like, the intellectual. Yeah, like shut up, kid. I I'm annoyed as fuck at you right now. Yeah, this girl I never got that from. It's just mm-hmm. like oh, she's just a cool girl. Well, it's a testament to her acting because that's a very fine line. Yeah, to act in, and it's I don't envy the kids who have to do that. Where it's nope. like you have to be likable and you have to still have a head on your shoulders and. 
It's not she, many people can write that for kids. Like writing for like writing they kids. write it and have the kid perform it. Like yeah. that's a it's mm-hmm. a dangerous conversation to try to pull off and they did a really good job with it. I she love... has a few scenes that ring a little false, but I mean But false in a way that doesn't make you want to like it, it doesn't shoot take her. you out of the movie. It's yeah. just kinda like eh. and it only really you only really notice it on like rewatch, I think, a few times. Well, it's a good contrast to um the daughter who ends up getting shot. Like she's all over the map in terms of being like a youthful teenager and mm-hmm. like that was probably the one only moment where I kinda got pulled out. Because it was like... You're and, talking about Amelia, right? Amelia, yeah. 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 Whereas it's like, you're acting like this teenager, but you're not. And like you're, you're kind of yeah. faltering there. Whereas like, I always believed the daughter. Holly. Holly. I'm bad, yeah. I'm bad with the name. <laughs> like, no matter what. Like, Amelia was more of an idea in this movie and less of an actual character. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she was act, like, acted like that. Like she didn't know what the idea was yeah. 100%. Whereas right, yeah. the, the kid was idealized. Like they, they knew what they wanted. And yeah. Yeah. They, they nailed that one. But the yeah, Amelia was a little. It's because Amelia was a bird that fell from the sky. Fair that's enough. That's why she was yellow the whole yeah, time. Yeah. That's why she was yellow. She's canary. Yeah. Got it. Right. <laughs> and then she fell on their car. And canary, yep. and you put a canary in a mine shaft to tell you when the air quality is bad yeah. and there's a big warning. Yep. I, I caught on to that with the dress <laughs> <Yeah>. real quick. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I see where we're going with this. <laughs> Just because it's a simple idea doesn't mean it's poorly implemented. Yeah. No, that dress did look great on her. <laughs> but but uh, to jump off the point about... Um, her falling into the car and just kind of into their laps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's kind of hard to talk about a movie when it's like a successful comedy. Cause like, Oh, how do you describe it being funny with having an interesting conversation? But I've noticed after watching it, this, I think Shane black is really good at spectacular disasters. Yep. Yeah. And like, I think a, a, Tolkien used a word called you catastrophe for like a good version of a catastrophe, which happens constantly in his movies, but especially here. Yeah. And uh, now I feel like I'm running into the same problem because, like, I just want to talk about the good stuff in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, like, I think this movie really grabs – it grabbed me when it was like, okay, this is a great movie when he punches in the glass and breaks his hand. (laughs) Oh, immediately. That's, like, when the movie finally started for me. It was like, yes. And that's what? And they all think he tried to commit sin. Yeah, it's it's soon. But, yeah, yeah, that's when it's like, okay, this is stepped over from – movie to yes like just him going that's body. a lot of blood yeah. that's a lot yeah. of blood but also too that joke goes forever because it goes with him in the alley and then it goes in the ambulance and then <laughs> yeah, it goes yeah. at the hospital and the nur- the nun is like you have so much to live for and he's like what I'm looking <laughs> for <laughs> Amelia yeah <laughs> it's like oh no everyone thinks Jesus? you yeah I'm gonna look for Amelia <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's that moment of like everyone thinks you're just trying to kill yourself so yeah just <laughs> go on well, and yeah he peppers that spectacular disaster throughout the whole thing like mm-hmm. and it even includes one scene that's my favorite in the whole movie where he throws the gun to russell crowe and yes. it goes out the window i love things like that like if the movie has that where it's like i'm gonna throw it at you and it's gonna miss completely and we're all uh, screwed see that was funny it got funnier with the fuck shit <laughs> <laughs> i think that that moment actually is maybe like when you break down to comedy directing it's like that is perfect because it's yeah. timing the performances yep. it's and it's great writing too because it's like oh now we've we have a solution, but we're not going to let the, the characters use it. Oh, it's yeah. going to be even harder for them. And it's laughing that you read it on a script, and I doubt it plays that funny. Yeah, he throws a gun out the window. He says fuck. He says shit. Yeah, but it's, it comes out in directing and performance, and wow, they pull it off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just fantastic. Honestly, like if we didn't have them together and they didn't have the charisma, like this movie could have been bad. I don't mm-hmm. think it would have been bad. I think it would have just been bland and forgettable. But 
Yeah, but that's what, kind of what I mean. Blind and Forget Old to me is bad. But I wouldn't but, be laughing about it still today. Yeah, like, the, the question that I have, though, is I, as much as I'd like to believe that they... Because they clearly do have chemistry, but I think a lot of the credit goes more to Shane Black than it does to them. Because, I mean, you look at, like, just like Val Kilmer and... Um, Robert Downey Jr. They, yeah, like... Two guys I would never imagine have good chemistry, but you watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and holy shit, I could watch so many movies about those two guys. And this is the same thing. Two guys you wouldn't imagine have chemistry, amazing chemistry, and the the unifying factor is Shane Black. Yeah. I think that's why this movie works, because uh, we already kind of covered how like the story is a little weird, pastiche. Yeah. Uh, it, without the Shane Black as the you know director of this movie... It would feel kind of bland and boring, lacking the charisma. Yeah, perhaps. a little overcomplicated at points. Yeah, but he's so adept at storytelling and joke telling that he just captures your attention. Yeah, which is why I'm so curious about Predators. <laughs> I just he's doing <laughs> yeah. <that>. yeah. <laughs> I'm so is it actually called Predators? Because they already have Predators. Oh, maybe it's just Predator. I or I think maybe it's The Predator. Or it's just the next one. <laughs> All I care about is that franchise is continuing. I, I, why do you care about that? There's I love, one good one. I love the Predator films. You know it. We've had this fight. Yeah, there's there's a good one, and then there's a bunch of shit. <laughs> we didn't talk about Keith David. We didn't, because Keith David is in this movie. For, <laughs> for why? The thing the thing I, I loved about that was this was when, I believe this was when the like the last terrible season of Community was coming out, and he oh. was playing the old guy. Right. And like he's like jumping around, fighting in this movie. It's yeah. like, Jesus Christ, this guy's range is very impressive. We also have to remember that Matt Bomer's in this movie, and... Him playing John Boy is a delight. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, did you hear that noise? Yeah, that was just me throwing that little girl through the window. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I they made him seem so plasticky in a really interesting way. He that... was a Bond villain in this movie. Like, oh yeah, you mean John Boy, not Keith David, right? John, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm talking about John Boy, oh, yeah. Matt Bomer. I'm gonna keep calling him John Boy. <laughs> John Boy. But he, he seriously, he felt. A little detached in this movie to me, the way his character was, because he was like, we already had a hyper movie, and then we had this hyper, mm-hmm. ass- like, uh, assassin character, but it, I loved his portrayal even so. like. Well, for me, it, uh, the, the thing I liked about this one, him in particular, they kind of, much like our Civil War episode... They waited till they needed to introduce him. They could have introduced him way earlier in the film. They 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 called John Boy. Yeah, Yeah. but they and they kind of foreshadow with the Waltons thing too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. but but they don't bring him into the movie till he's absolutely necessary to the movie, which is smart. A lot of people don't do that these days. Like, hey, we have this person we're gonna put in the movie as much as possible. Mm -hmm. In in a lot of other rights or a lot of other director's choices, he would have been the main uh, like antagonist the whole time mm-hmm. yeah, instead there of having there those been throwaway no, henchmen yeah there would have been no and uh, this is the best named character in all of 2016 blueface yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh blueface i love blueface i love blueface. No, another example of the catastrophe where yeah. the van just takes him out has nothing no bearing <laughs> you do see that van later on at the end of the movie in do traffic uh, which i, I caught just this oh, time. I, I love how the guy some they the van stops after they hit him he opens the door he <laughs> yes. goes oh shit and then drives <laughs> off but like that that by itself right there is so 70s as well because it's so los angeles it's so yeah. los angeles <laughs> because that could never happen anymore like he would have been on twitter and instagram immediately mm-hmm. yeah those yeah. two girls would have pulled out their cell phones and started filming <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love for me, like, when Ryan Goss, like, jumps into the car and drives off, I started quoting, like, Drive, his, like, speech in the beginning, and then he just drives so terribly, and yeah. I'm like, this is so great to see him switch up his driving. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, 
feel like we've hit everything. Is there anything else that we've completely missed that people want to talk about? Mixing. That uh, what, scene with the oh. bee in the car. Hannibal Buress. Hannibal Buress. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the most like natural progression into a hallucination that I've actually like. I called I it immediately. I did yeah. not call mm-hmm. it immediately. I was so confused. Like, I remember when he's like, the car drives itself, and I'm like, what? How did what? you not know that at that point? Like, yeah. I, I yeah. bet she realized that it was hallucinating when he actually took his hands off it. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I was so into it, and I ble- I really did go with it for a while. And The then, second he said, I'm falling asleep yeah. at the wheel, I'm like, oh, he's asleep at the wheel right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, but that, that moment is... So perfect, but it's even, it's just the perfect foreshadow for the moment where he's like going for the gun on his yeah. ankle. <laughs> Shit, that was a dream! Because <laughs> I think at that point in the movie, you, the audience, has kind of forgotten the context too. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant subversion. And this movie does a good job of doing that a lot. Like mm-hmm. it shows us something uh, early on and then it brings it back for us in a really good way where you're like, wait a minute, I remember something about this. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> this movie has so much fun being a movie and mm-hmm. playing yeah. with you. Yeah, I listened to a podcast somewhat recently where they said this would make a better TV show than a movie, and I think they are dead wrong. Yeah. yeah. This is the, this is the case for a movie. Show. Yeah. yeah. This is all, that, that's probably the same people who are like, why would I go pay a movie or money to go see this in a theater, too? Yeah, it's the same idea of like, yeah, Lethal Weapon would be a great movie uh, or a great TV show. No, it's fucking not. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't watched it. So I have. Yeah, <laughs> is my review. Okay. <laughs> I, what, uh, Elvis, you said there's something you want to talk about, right? Oh, Nixon. Just, Nixon. Oh. <laughs> just ama- amazing joke. But also another thing Shane Black does so well is the deconstruction of a joke. And, mm-hmm. like, the way they deconstruct the whole, like, you could have just said that, you know, yeah. there's two ways to look at things. And that's even funnier than the stupid story. But the payoff. I enjoy the story. The payoff is the great. Payoff the payoff is where it works. Yeah. Nixon, no! <laughs> <laughs> guys can't see visual gags because it's radio, but the visual gag of Nixon just pointing at him is one of the greatest things. But that's another great moment of... We're going to set this up, and it's a joke you think would never come back. Exactly. But when it does, it's like, fuck, that's good. He's so good at threading those things. Yeah. That, yeah. It's really, Shane Black, we all really like you. <laughs> Why are you doing Predator? I'm excited for it, but it's such a weird choice. It is weird. Let him be him. Hey, I, you I'm do you, Shane Black. I felt the same way about Iron Man 3, and then I didn't really enjoy it very much but i still saw it disagree hey the shane black parts of it are great the iron man parts are crap crap is too strong i like it it's a good movie fair enough okay so i think it's time for quotes 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 quotes. uh i can go first because i have mine locked and loaded because i for me i understand where you say that the Window breaking is the moment that made you go, ah, this is a great movie. Mm-hmm. For me, it was the, they're watching the school video about the towels, oh. and just the one line, Johnny has a gay towel. I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was immediately, I'm in this movie. It just it shows the kid holding up his rainbow <laughs> towel, just really happy about it. I was not expecting that. <laughs> I mean, there's so many other quotes. I wrote that the entire thing, but I figured that was a good one. Just to start us off. I just love at near the end when Holland, because we never actually said his name. March. March. Uh, it says, I think I'm invincible. 
I don't think I can die. <laughs> Just it's the only explanation. The <laughs> level of joy on his face <laughs> of like, all right, now we're going to win. Is the, <laughs> did you go up the roof? How did you get down here? Did you fall off the roof? Did you? He, no, he He's just like, said, did, did you, you fall, fall again? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, so good. Oh, the running gag of him should be dead is so good. It's like every time he falls, he makes a discovery, and it's better for the plot. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, New catastrophe. <laughs> oh, in the elevator. Uh, for me, it's <laughs> Munich. What? <laughs> a guy without his balls. A Munich. <laughs> Munich is a city in Germany. Munich. Munchen. You sure? My dad was stationed there. Right. Hitler only had one ball. <laughs> <laughs> Just a lot of good whole... Hitler jokes in this, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Just the setup of all that. And, like, the fact that it. we waited a while for this. Like, what's, the, what's a guy without a ball? What do you call him? Like, yeah. that to what we were saying. I did yell at the TV, it's a eunuch! And so did I. <laughs> <laughs> but when he said it first, I, I kind of misheard. I thought, I thought he said eunuch. I was like, but that doesn't sound right. Did he put an M on that? <laughs> <laughs> He's close. And, and there was like a delivery thing. I was like, that, this is actually another layer of funny. Yep. Alice, you got one? Yeah, uh, there's so many, but I knew we wouldn't get to talk about this outside of the quote section, so it's got to be ventriloquists. Fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking about the kid with the dick? Yeah. <laughs> so great. Do you want to see my dick? Yeah. <laughs> I have that as my backup quote. We'll get there. <laughs> if if Garnet doesn't take it. Garnet, what's your quote? Um, like, again, there's so many good ones yep. in this movie. Um, but some of it I actually found relied on, like, a lot of banter or a lot of, like, physical comedy in the middle of a quote. So sometimes it's hard to pick, like, a really good one. But one of my favorite ones comes at the end, and it's when they're like, look on the bright side. No one got hurt. People got hurt. I'm saying I think they died quickly, so I don't think that they got hurt. <laughs> like, what? He's trying to think positively. He's trying. Real hard. My, my backup quote that I feel needs to be said because it was so good was, uh, nobody wants to see your dick, dude. <laughs> uh, 20 bucks. I already gave you $20. Why am I even considering What am I saying? <laughs> I'm sorry you look kind of Filipino. <laughs> Uh, so it's time for a review system, which I've been having a little bit of trouble coming up with one because I I really wanted to do like a private eye movie. Well, just choose one, honey. Well, then I'll go with Private Detective. So I can just go first, and I'll go with Brick. Brick is an incredibly hyper stylized movie okay. that is uh, it's not funny really at all. It has a few kind of comedic moments, but it's mostly that I'm choosing it based on that it was a movie that needed to nail its style and atmosphere for the movie to work, and it did, and it worked. Much like this movie, if it didn't nail the style and atmosphere, it would have come off really kind of janky and weird. I got one. It did. Right. Go for it. I got one now, too. Um, it, uh, this film is not quite the Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but it is the Who Framed Roger Rabbit of detective movies, where ah. it's also super L.A.-centric yep. and uh, deals with highways and pollution and starting to get into that territory. Yeah. Uh, and even kind of the porn stuff with uh, the kid-friendly version of porn, uh, Jessica Rabbit. Good old Jessica Rabbit. Mm-hmm. She ruined so many VHS tapes back in the day. Uh, probably Chinatown. Ooh, that's a good one. That's not what I was thinking of, but that's that's, that's a good what one. I was thinking of. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I was gonna say that movie earlier when we were talking about movies that showcase Los Angeles mm-hmm. and stuff like that, because that's probably a movie that I feel like showcases LA in a really interesting kind of way because mm-hmm. it goes outside of the city. Yeah. Also, a lot of layers has a, a lot of layers. Downer ending. Downer, super downer. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh. Incestuous relationships. Yeah. I, I got one. 
LA Confidential. I mentioned it okay. earlier, and yeah. Oh, yeah. just on the level of quality and the hyper-realism yeah. of it, I'm just like, I still, I'll, I still remember that movie, and I'm going to still remember this movie. Days, weeks, years pass. Oh, right. I got something bad to mention about this movie now. <laughs> oh, perfect timing. Kim Basinger's Skin Smoother. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, they go a little nuts on that. But it's okay. Her, she looks like she's wearing a mask of her own oh my face. God, she looks like Patrick Stewart in X-Men 3. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, Kim Basinger, you're still a good-looking lady. Why do you have to do that? Uh. And that took so much time in post. Mm. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, sorry, you made me think of the L.A. Confidential. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Dick Tracy. Nice. Mm. Nice. Uh. nice. Uh, a movie that also, I don't believe, did very well at the time. <laughs> nope. Uh, Not really. <laughs> a lot of really great actors that worked really well mm-hmm. together in the scenario very colorful and cartoony, hyper-realized reality. And people just need... I don't understand why people don't like it more. No one really talks about it. It's a great movie. Did Dick Tracy take place in L.A.? Uh, Chicago, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I don't remember. I, I saw it once when I was a kid and then never again. Oh, Honestly, I, I forgot. I have that movie on. We have it on I, DVD. Yeah, I think we do. I'm pretty sure I Because it was like, yeah. what, Jesse. three out of five? Because it's a great, <laughs> LA it's a great movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Surprised nobody took Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That was the obvious one on the table. Well, it's not as good as Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Well, true. That's the thing uh, is after the know. movie, my wife I don't and I know. Were I like, think if I have to par. choose rewatch, I'll rewatch this one more. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like. I, I don't know. I, I, I I'm gonna stick with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I think the, the, we didn't really critique this movie too much, but the voiceover in this one doesn't work the same way Kiss Kiss Bang Bang does. No, because no. Robert Downey has a good voice for it. Yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. big on voiceover. Well, in so. general, but that's why it succeeds so great in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I The party scene is more annoying to me in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's more realistic. Uh, probably more time for accurate. I, yeah. <laughs> but how you didn't like the mermaids in this movie, I don't like the deer women in glass jars going... I'm pawing at the air if anyone can tell. <laughs> that's a really weird thing in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> He's always had just some weird party. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, they're both good. It'd be tough for me to like, it really just depend on who do I want to watch. Am I in a Robert Downey or a Ryan Gosling mode? Mm-hmm. And then, then I would decide. <laughs> I know what I want. I know. I know, <laughs> I know what you want. So if we're, if we're deciding together, it's never kiss, kiss, bang, bang. But that's okay. Everything will be all right. Uh, okay, so that's it. We'll bring today's episode to a close. Uh, next week, tune in for what will be an argument. I cannot imagine it won't be an argument. Uh, I'm excited for it, though. We're doing the Ghostbusters remake. Some people love it. Some people think it's one of the worst films ever made, which I think is a bit of an over-exaction, overreaction. I'm, like, right in the middle. So I will moderate <laughs> the argument between two people who are on our show every week. Uh, one who loves it, one who hates it. Which ones are they? Ooh. I think it's probably obvious already. I don't think it is. <laughs> I, I think we'll be surprised. I think I, we'll learn something about each other. I think, I think we'll all if learn you guys something together. Listen to our old Ghostbuster episode where we said, "What did we want from this movie for the new Ghostbuster?" I got what I wanted. <laughs> hey, guess who loves it? <laughs> <laughs> so throughout the rest of November, we have uh, two more coming up after that, and we're doing one specifically for Ryan because he's been asking for it since it came out. And uh, I have to, I have to every now and then agree to do movies for people, and we're doing Warcraft, uh, so that'll be fun. Uh. He's a big Warcraft fan. That's why he's actually not here this week. He's at BlizzCon to go look at more of that stuff. Mm. Cool. Uh, and then why we're doesn't do... he wear more shoulder pads then? I don't know. Hmm. You, should, we'll you should bring that up when we do Warcraft. Yeah. And then after that, we're doing the Neon Demon, which I've heard is the most beautiful piece of shit 
this year. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to watch that. I haven't watched it yet. Now it's on Amazon Prime, so people can watch it for free. Uh-huh. Exciting stuff. If you have Amazon Prime. Otherwise, it's not entirely I do. free. Yeah. yeah, not entirely free. Free-ish, oh. I will say. Uh, so yeah, uh, we'll do a quick round of plugs. You can find us on Facebook at After the Hype. You can find us everywhere else. ATH Podcast or ATH underscore podcast. Email us at ATHpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our upcoming website, eventually ATHpod.com. Uh, Garnet, where can people find you again? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Garnet Philo and on Facebook as Garnet Philo as well. Cool. Elvis? Uh, Elvis Kunish on Twitter and Instagram, splotstudios.com, and of course, Tom Hanks Giving Podcast. Yeah, if you didn't catch it, go back and listen to uh, the one that I was on where we talk about that thing you do. Great episode! I fucking love that movie. Still I really listen to the, epi- the episode with me at some point here. You're going to be on it, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Family you- Ties is coming up, by the way, guys. Family ties. He's in it for three episodes. It's a very special one. He's an alcoholic. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe now. Is he as charming as Ryan Gosling is an alcoholic? No, it's much. It's like a serious episode oh. where it's like dealing with alcoholism. Oh. It's very sad. I need to see this. It's I've amazing. never seen it. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Uh, John, even need to plug? No, not this time. Chewy, I'm sure you have something to plug. Uh, watch Superstore and Drunk History. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so thank you very much for everybody coming on thank you so much for listening please rate and review us on iTunes Uh, subscribe at whatever you listen to your podcast on Uh, yeah bye 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 ta ta lay down the boogie and